Hello, listeners. Joseph here. I just wanted to take a moment before the show to share something with you. If you've been following Coffee Lovers magazine, you'll recall that we shared the video trailer for A Film About Coffee. In the words of the creators, A Film About Coffee is a love letter to and meditation on specialty coffee. It examines what it takes and what it means for coffee to be fined as specialty. The film whisks audiences on a trip around the world, from farms in Honduras and Rwanda to coffee shops in Tokyo, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, and New York. Through the eyes and experiences of farmers and baristas, the film offers a unique overview of all the elements, the processes, preferences, and preparations, traditions old and new, that come together to create the best cups. This is a film that bridges gaps both intellectually and geographically, evoking flavor and pleasure and providing both as well. You can now get the film as a digital download, and I have secured a secret coupon code that will get you 15% off the purchase of the film. All you have to do is visit coffeeloversmag.com slash a film. That's coffeeloversmag.com slash A-F-I-L-M. That will take you to the film page where you can buy it, and then during checkout, simply apply the coupon code COFFEELOVERS, all caps, one word. Now, enjoy our show today. Joseph Robertson with Coffee Lovers Magazine, the digital magazine that's worth buying a tablet for. That's right. <laughs> and we're at uh, Condo Coffee this week with Jesse Nelson and John Liberty. And we have the wonderful guests, Valerie and Matt Quest of Quest Coffee. Uh, and we, uh, we cupped your guys uh, Brazilian today. Yes, we did. Uh, delicious coffee. It's very good. You want to give us a little intro about... How you yeah, guys yeah. got started in coffee? and Absolutely. So we have three little girls, Elana and Eve, and we had an au pair, Juliana Marganelli, from Brazil for two years. One of the most wonderful young ladies I've ever met in my life. Her dad is an estate coffee farmer, and they have been growing coffee on their land for about 100 years. Mm. And so um, when she lived with us, we realized that it's not always glamorous to be a coffee farmer, and there are a lot of challenges. Um, Thank you, John. Apologize for that one. <laughs> so there are a lot of challenges, particularly when you're a small estate farmer in a small village and your only option is to sell to brokers right. or co-ops. And so um, the market value um, fluctuates a lot. And when the market value is very low, um, when there's a lot of supply, they often don't have the means to pay their harvesters for fair wages or... Um, even harvest all of their crop. And so we started thinking about how we might be able to make that situation uh, more bearable for the, the farmer. Um, so we started to talk to him about what it would take to directly import the beans. Um, we spent about a year working through all of the red tape and learning how to get all of the registrations mm -hmm. and convincing him that it was possible. Um, and then ultimately, um, got our first commercial shipment at the end of October 2014 with the premise that um, he received fair prices for the beans and then he will get profits back from the sale of the retail coffee. Nice. That's uh, 
It's interesting. So, so he's taking a bit of a leap on his end then as well. Well, he's getting better prices up front. up front and then some profit as well and then profit okay yeah so yeah. he has every nice. reason to now when the when the trade prices are at their highest right now they had drought this year and mm -hmm. so they are getting a really good price for their beans um so we are paying market value mm -hmm. but it, when the prices drop to you know 90 cents he'll be getting a significant increase yeah. in mm -hmm. Well, and that volatility makes it so difficult, especially for small farmers, to get in there. Exactly. Um, is he being affected by the by the drought? He was not horribly affected. Um, he was very worried. There were a lot of days when we were back and forth on Skype, crossing our fingers for rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and particularly for this year's harvest, because it there was a, a lag between um, last year when they when they bloomed, um, and it was because of lack of rains in the region. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but he, uh, another thing that we're doing is we're trying to set up a, um, a pool of money for funds for, uh, medical expenses. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we just found out, we were actually asking him to hold a few extra bags of beans for us in case we needed more before the next harvest. And we just got word that he had to sell them to the broker because he had medical expenses Ooh, that mm -hmm. he needed to, he had, um, right. that he had to pay. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think what we're doing is necessary to really help right. these yeah. guys. Was well, the challenge? What I love about this is how much it carries over from last week's conversation oh, yeah. with the uh, coffee, the Yemeni coffee, yeah. and just the the struggle for so many farmers to work with their work with the land and work what they have, and then also against these incredible you know efforts of international corporations and shipping, and and then the climate and all this kind of stuff that gets to this cup of coffee that right. people take for granted. You know, and so the story, what I love about working with you guys is the story that you bring to the table that comes with this entire cup of coffee. There's so much weight that's sitting in that cup of, of the people involved and they care for it. Right. It's really fun. Right. Has there been much focus on, uh, I was asking in general, um, Jesse and Val, <laughs> um, because uh, I haven't really noticed too much or I haven't been paying attention, um, how much focus has been on small estate farmers in Brazil, like single estate? Because when I think of Brazil coffee, I just think of, you know, almost mass produced, or even if it's specialty coffee coming from Brazil, it's like something that ends up in a blend or something like that. Right. Um, and I've seen some of it pop up in the last year. I think I think that's it. I think that there was a huge movement towards blends over the last five years, but just in the last right. year, it mm -hmm. seems to be a resurgence. I think it's um, absolutely, and I it's it's probably I would I'd love to know more about this, but I think it's probably harder in Brazil than any other place to actually have a single origin, single variety coffee that's going to stand out. Um, Brazil is the largest, by far, the largest coffee producer. Um, so much coffee comes out of that country. It's it's. Ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Stuff. From what I understand, in 20 years, it went from sugar and cotton to coffee almost 50% over when any of their other exports were and to where that country's ma majority export is coffee itself. Right. Uh, and if it's John on Wikipedia. Thank you, John. <laughs> Wikipedia says this. It's, it must be true. I, I put it in earlier. <laughs> It's also it's also a culture of coffee that's been you know it's it's over 150 years old. So these coffee farms, even if they are small, they're larger than a lot of farms that you'll find in you know the real hilly areas of Colombia. But they're also they've been there so long that the coffees tend to be cleaner, 
because they've had a lot of time to many generations to improve their processing, improve their their use of the land. Well, and I think that what's really interesting about Brazil is that because it was so commercialized for so long, and they they had to produce so much that they had to introduce um, systematic ways of harvesting. So now they're the big the big farms are using high pollutant machines to mm -hmm. go through and harvest. It's pollutant. High pollutant machines. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know Wikipedia. I'm glad somebody's <laughs> over there mad at you. I thought that it didn't come from Wikipedia either. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the a lot of the farms are contributing to the mm -hmm. problem of yeah. non-sustainable farming. And mechanized agriculture, doesn't matter what it is, especially coffee, isn't gonna be as quality. You know, exactly. it doesn't sort out the beans as well. It's just kind of mass producing. And all that stuff that you're pulling out of the sorting, we got to get into the sorting before we're out of yeah. time in the episode. But the stuff that you're pulling out of the sorting would then, in a place like Brazil, would go into another batch that they would sell for under market prices that goes into the instant coffee market and the exactly. caffeine extraction market and stuff like that. Exactly. Well, and we were talking about earlier that all of the big commercial farms, not only do they have the um, machines, but they also have artificial irrigation. They use a ton of fertilizers to mass produce their product, whereas my farmer... Um, kind of by accident cannot mm. afford to mm -hmm. do all that. And so we're ha we actually get a better product from him because he can't afford to have artificial irrigation. He only uses exactly what is necessary, working very close with an agriculturist, mm. um, you know, to amend the soil, um, but nothing to help mass produce his, his crop. Um, Does he, just a side question, while you're on that topic, does he have to add, um, like I know speaking to farmers in the past, like coffee uses a ridiculous amount of nutrients. Does he have to add like nitrogen, phosphorus to it? He does work yeah. with yeah. Um, an environmental specialist that mm -hmm. helps him to um, keep his farming sustainable. So mm -hmm. it's not completely um, naturally grown, but it's it's very well calculated yeah. to use the minimal amount necessary to I imagine it's almost produce. impossible to yeah. completely naturally grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, that's also why we have an heirloom variety. Well, right. And so um, our... Our varietal is an heirloom varietal, uh, Munda Nova. I'm pronouncing that correctly, Jesse. Munda Nova, which is one of the natural hybrids <laughs> from uh, Bourbon and Tipica. Did I say that correctly? Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's heirloom just because it naturally. It was naturally occurring. Most of again the the big commercial farms mm -hmm. they use hybrids that were unnaturally. Um, bred to produce higher producing varietals. Um, and the problem is, is that, so we were talking about earlier that our harvest comes much later than a lot of the surrounding farms. And it's because they use artificial irrigation. They use a lot of fertil fertilization um, and they have these unnatural varietals that are producing things faster. So what you get is a less dense bean that grows faster and has less flavor, whereas ours are grown more sustainably slower. It's a denser bean that is more flavorful. Mm. That's also, uh, it's difficult to, to find coffees from Brazil that are just one variety, let alone an heirloom variety like that. Um, you know, so often farms for drought resistance and stuff, especially the ones trying to be more sustainable to have more diverse coffee right. varieties there. So it's single origin, you know, multiple varieties. That's kind of exciting finding uh, sort of a new naturally occurring yeah. variety yeah. in a place that, obviously, coffee 
you know, a copy originated in Ethiopia, of course. So everything that's in Brazil was originally brought there, and then uh, mm -hmm. things right. have been bred and that sort of thing. So that's that's yeah. I mean, it's an original cool. hybrid, but it also just flourished well. You know, a, right. a natural hybrid versus one that's been yeah. forced or one that's been brought in just specifically for from a lab. Yeah, yeah for that'd be through splicing, like grafting on. I guess so. I don't really know how they hybridize coffee. Bees. Maybe. That happens I sometimes. I remember reading a uh, reading an article. Where, yeah, they they will they will literally cut up parts of the yeah the young birds. Sapling. I think Matt knows yeah. way more about all this. Than we do. And it's the yeah. same thing with tomatoes and whatnot. Right. You can go to you can buy an heirloom variety tomato, and right. they're yeah. supposed you know they're supposed to be higher quality than right. the hybrid. <clears throat> But it's also really rare, even beyond the heirloom, it's a really rare coffee to find because it, it doesn't grow very consistently. I mean, you found through the sorting, like the beans can be different sizes and mm -hmm. it's not one of those varieties that's going to grow a really consistent bean. You know, so they, they hybridize them so they, they work better with the agriculture and the industrial agriculture that, that's selling you exactly. know, 80, whatever, 80 million pounds well, of coffee a day. And I just also read an article that with um, genetic engineering that it's only going to get worse. Oh, it's now scary. they're trying to just you know make them completely disease resistant in a lab and right. yeah so what i think what we have is really special in that respect that it's been there forever for a long time and it's not going anywhere right well t touching on the sorting um so we were tasting earlier you mentioned you all hand sort currently and when you started off um the first batch or whatever that wasn't the case and right. then you took that and you hand sorted uh, so maybe you can uh, tell us about the hand sorting but also the, the difference that you guys experienced mm -hmm. before sure. and after, because that's kind of remarkable to me. Yeah, so because our farmer doesn't have a lot of financial resources, um, he doesn't, he can't afford to sit there and, and sort through all of the beans. Um, well, he so, hasn't needed to, because traditionally he's sold into a broker that... That doesn't care, yeah. right. right. And they just mix high and low quality beans together. Mm -hmm. But um, so when we got them initially, um, there were defects in in the bag, um, particularly a lot of full blacks. Um, he did a good job with um, keeping the beans whole through their processing, which is great. Um, there's not a lot of disease on, on the beans at all, but there were some blacks and a couple of full sours. Um, and so I bought some screens and um, I have an 18 screen, 16 screen and a 15 screen. And we changed <laughs> about quarter, quarter pound to a third of a pound at a time. and shake them through the screens and sort them by size and then pick out anything that pick isn't consistent. Yeah. Um, and then all the pea berries we're keeping in a separate bag, maybe someday to do something with and tossing the rest. Now, you work in the medical industry as your real job, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How many other people <laughs> That have... was in quotes, air quotes on real job. <laughs> Sorry, people. Because everybody knows we're doing real work here today. Yeah. <laughs> super if you could open that bottle of wine, that'd be nice. Uh, so how many other people do you work with that have uh, bean, bean sorting calloused hands? <laughs> that would be none. None? Right. Yeah, it, it's remarkable what, what you're doing, especially with Brazilian coffee supplying the world with almost 40% of the coffee. And that was then, not from Wikipedia. Yeah, no, that, that that was just me making it up on the fly. It's true. You've been looking over my yeah, shoulder over here. Uh, I know. <laughs> I didn't want to get you on cheating. Uh, but, you know, first of all, to, to find such a remarkable coffee grown in such a large region that hasn't been tapped, um, of course, your great story that comes along with it. Um, and then that somebody in a first world country is willing to work so hard to represent 
this guy's coffee coming over with such a story. So it, it meets the needs of, of the Seattleite or the coffee entrepreneur or somebody that, um, that will hold you to a higher standard because they want to hear that good story, but they also want to see that quality. So, well, I think it should certainly be noted, of course, that the amount of work that y'all are putting into this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, uh, I mean, you're putting in far more work than, you know, monetarily you're oh. getting out of it. Right? No, yeah. Which, <laughs> well, yeah. That's, that's, no, I mean, that's, that's anything that's anything for free. No, 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 that's not, that's not, <laughs> we're it's making karma. at least a statement. $15 an hour. Yeah, but you don't count your time. You're doing great. You know, like we were talking last week, the... Uh, talking last week about, you know, there are a lot of farmers around the world who have fascinating coffees, but they're in a position stock like your farmer is. And it takes someone to come in and either invest a whole huge amount of money or sacrifice a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, um, that's really remarkable to me. That's, that's the, very cool. Yeah. So about the quality of the sorting, um, yeah. I mean, you hear about this when we're at the coffee competition, you know, they have the, the triple sorted coffee and that's going through an extra level of sorting at the mill to make sure that it really is the best coffee that they're selling, you know, and then it gets a special rating on the importer's website or whatever. Um, and so, you know, what you're doing, it's a little after the fact because the coffee's already here, but it's that whole other level of sorting that, you know, it takes extra labor, it takes extra machinery and extra storage space and everything goes in between. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's pretty cool that, the, the difference in what that coffee made because, you know, it was first it was like, Oh my gosh, it's so much work. Well, mm -hmm. it still is. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, so much work. But, uh, I mean, instantly the roast, the roast profile changed a little bit, but it's been totally consistent since then. The coffees have come out cleaner. There's a much more concise flavor mm -hmm. of each of the different roast profiles that we're doing. Um, I'm just, I'm pretty amazed, you know, and it just, the coffee looks better. They're more it consistent sizes. Yeah. I had someone tell me that just the other day. Wow, this is beautiful. It, it really is. <laughs> it is. Well, when you came in the other day and looked at our regular result, <laughs> you're like, oh, ours looks better than this. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? You know what I have Jesse doing now on Wednesdays, right? <laughs> He's answering their coffee. <laughs> so what, uh, do you guys like have a TV show or movie that you watch whenever you're sorting? It's like you're going through a whole series of, okay, time to watch that. The problem is you have to do something that you don't need to listen to. Sports are good. Cause you Sports. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. It's, it's been Shark Tank. Shark Tank, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna sit here and do this. I'm gonna learn how to make this just boom. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be great when so, you guys go on the show. So, for anyone listening, for $100,000, yeah. <laughs> you can get 5% equity stake. Oh, in our nice. You have your pitch already. <laughs> How about 60? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so I don't think we mentioned that um, as we grow, we do hope to acquire other farmers in similar situations in different growing regions and work with them. Now that we've been through the process of direct trade and have knowledge about importation and exportation um, from different companies, um, we hope to, countries, sorry, um, we hope to work with other people in different growing regions so that we can offer customers more variety. Well, and also one of the things you learn about when you start to do this and you look into the direct trade process and as before we got into this we were the standard coffee purchasers and you go to the store and you see the fair trade sticker on a lot of the bags and once you get into 
uh, the business and you realize what that fair trade sticker means, basically means if you're not a big farm and you don't have a ton of money to pour into putting that label on your bag, you can't buy into that right. label. Right. So, and there's um, a lot of really hardworking people that just don't have the funds to acquire that designation. Right. So it's just, again, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. Yeah. And now you know what it's like yeah. to sort out pounds and pounds of coffee <laughs> and how much labor goes in at the farm when right. these, you know, entire villages for the season. Right. You know, and why that insurance is so important because they, you know, can't miss the work or the, the year round farm worker housing or exactly. other entrepreneurial activities in the off seasons, things exactly. like that, that, that help alleviate some of that because coffee is tough work. Right. Oh, should yeah. do, you know? should do a, uh, like a coffee sorting processing class. Just to give people an idea of Telling you. what is Lamps, actually going into the cup. Yeah. We will happily do a class. Yeah, malaria. <laughs> <laughs> we have coffee. We won't even charge you. <laughs> we'll teach you how to sort. It's a six-hour class. That's right. Come here and learn all of us. <laughs> you don't get to leave until we get 10 pounds of clean coffee. <laughs> That's an awesome idea. Oh, yeah. Stick it. <laughs> no, there you Grammy. go. Yeah, get over here. Uh, we did taste the coffee, so it's, it's the first time we've actually thoroughly, at least in a while, we've put all three of our roast profiles side by side. So this, by is, side. this is on the one Mundanova? Yes. yes. Okay. It's all a single varietal. All. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we had it on the espresso machine all day today, They're the lighter of the roast, which isn't super light, but it's nice and nutty and, mm -hmm. um, you know, well-developed light roast, very light, medium roast. You know, first crack has ended, but it's not much further beyond that. Um, we had that one and then the medium roast. The signature roast, which was just at the beginning of second crack, I dumped that, mm -hmm. and then the third roast, the Ponto, which is well into second crack, um, mm -hmm. and uh, taste okay, those side yeah, by medium side. Medium in Brazil. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, medium in Brazil. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so it was the first time we've had them in a while, side by side, and with a lot of other people involved with it, and uh, our feedback all day long with the the espresso as well. It's been great. Yeah. 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 And it's really night and day. The, with the, the coffee, you definitely had a lot of people that got a chance to taste it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's nice, especially when they're with us having the open house. Not everybody that comes in do we know um, when they're going to show up or, you know, it's it's very random for us. And there's no way to, to direct it. So what you see is what you get. Yeah, really um, you know, you may get somebody that is very one-sided, you know, very light roast. And you might have somebody that's very dark roast and they'll show up and I think that everybody had something positive to say everybody really worked through it and I think that the coffees really held up on their own um, you know they were very distinguished from each other even though they were all one one coffee and different roasts um, it's pretty remarkable the difference right between the yes. light one and the dark one just how different they can taste like entirely different coffees and that is completely that's the magic that yeah work. that's entirely Jesse and his that's the magic just roasting coffee. And coffee. That's totally order true. online he, just heat transfer he gets it so now where are you guys it. selling your coffee what are you doing to actually get it out there we've got six bags downstairs oh okay <laughs> six bags All right, I got ten dollars no. no they're a thousand oh crap right <laughs> uh, so we have a, a website um, although we're working on an upgraded website right now um, because not knowing a lot about e-commerce when we got into this, it's been a process, but we finally have that <laughs> sorted out and our new site will be up within 60 days, I hope, if What's not it? sooner. Valenmat.com or? No, QuestCoffeeCompany.com. <laughs> Quest. There is a Quest Coffee in Canada. That's not it. If you go to the website and you don't see the girls, it's not us. Um, and then we have a few retail locations. Um, a winery over in Woodenville is selling our 
our bags. Nice. We have a wine merchant in Bothell selling our bags. We just um, picked up another retail location, a small uh, coffee cafe in what, uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek. Um, but we've only had the beans and the bags for two months now, so we're really hoping to mm-hmm. start to branch out into when cafes. You rock the holiday season. Oh, um, yes. Yes, we were at a nursery um, down in Bellevue and um, had a tremendous response. We did the tasting side-by-side um, just doing pour-overs and sold a, a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. I think on the last day we sold um, close to 50 bags in just six hours sold out. It's pretty phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's been it's been really great. I can't wait to see how we grow in the next couple of months. So just out of curiosity, are, are you primarily focused on? Uh, well, obviously, you're importing the coffee. Mm-hmm. Are are you going to be focusing entirely roasting it all yourself and and going that route? Eventually, or? we will probably take over the roasting. Um, I think that we're a while away from that. Well, I mean, like just. Uh, I guess I guess what I'm curious is. Um, are you going to explore the route of, of importing and selling oh, the green coffee people. to, yeah. yeah. And sorting it for them. <laughs> right. right. Well, no, just because <laughs> coffee, coffee is such a, such a challenging business. And there, yeah. there are so many, I mean, there's so many roasters and so many different kinds of roasted coffee. It's really hard to, right. hard to stand out. But, I mean, the, your coffee, I think your coffee speaks for itself in the quality. And there aren't too many single origin. Right. Brazils. Especially from Brazil. Yeah, single and there's only a couple of their importers that I would say their coffee actually stands out. Yeah, with the um, um, you know, it's something that we haven't focused on, but certainly something that we would consider. Um, we could, yeah, we'd be willing to explore that avenue. To me, it's a little, it shows kind of the new line that's forming, the kind of fuzziness in traditional coffee culture and traditional importing and traditional agriculture into what this new wave coffee is doing in the direct trade, except that you guys are kind of bridging the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and also on the east side climate that's not the hipster Seattle downtown core. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're you're right. pushing a new, completely new business model on a very traditional crowd of coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's going to be challenging, but I think it's it's also going to just open up into, a, a, yeah. you know, what the next level of this kind of business is. It's challenging, but it's also interesting because we get a lot of people that come to tastings and either say, oh, I don't really like coffee or I only like Starbucks. And then they taste their coffees and they go, oh, that's better than Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that one thing is really interesting, especially on the east side that you guys probably don't get here in Seattle, is that um, the Seattle coffee scene is a little bit intimidating for the east side customer because they don't know a lot about coffee. And so when, when we are willing to sit there and talk about it just mm. in a friendly way. Um, people are really, really responsive to it. Um, and they learn a lot and then they feel like they're in the know and then they're more willing to explore mm-hmm. new ideas. And one thing that we've, we've talked about is, especially in Woodenville, which is um, kind of our, our area that we're focusing on a lot right now, it's wine country. And so everybody knows that they like their Pinot Noir versus their Syrah or their Malbec. Um, and so at some point we hope to, um, especially with these single origin varietals, um, get people to have a preference for one or the other and ask for that by name. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd like a Bourbon. 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 <laughs> versus a no, we're drinking Bourbon. 
Bourbon. Yeah, bourbon, right. It's our bourbon tasting. Bourbon, bourbon. Oh, sorry. Wrong tasting. We'll see you later. (laughs) And then perhaps the region that that specific varietal was grown. So there's a lot of work to do, but it's exciting to think about. It's also a great hook to talk to those people about and discuss the differences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are already thinking in that way about their wine. It's fascinating that people don't know about that type of information you can have from just everything but especially coffee right it's great that so a lot of people care you have a group of people that care but you also have a large group of people on the east side that care and can do something about it they have the financial means to support infrastructure where it's like you have a great story the prices are a little higher understandably because of what's happening but there's somebody out there that can do something like that and if they can support um you know, bringing a little bit of money back to to a country mm-hmm. where you guys are going to do a lot of the work and keep the overhead low for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a market that that is untapped and is definitely yeah people really primo spot for you. Feel good about getting behind something like this, yeah. and they're willing to support it. Uh, so before we wrap up, I just wanted to go back on the the, the cupping we did today. So we had um, the light, the medium, and the dark, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the light was media. Medio. Medio. Portuguese for medium, since our <laughs> since our coffee comes from Brazil and they okay. speak Portuguese, um, we called it medio because okay. it's our medium roast. Okay, so, so medio. Medio. Standard. Standard signature. 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 <sighs> signature. Um, My coffee. We'll have to get you a fact sheet before we do this. Game. <laughs> coffee is running. Coffee is running low. Oh no. Oh. That's okay. Where, where, that. where could we get a good cup of coffee? I don't know. I'm 34 yeah. and I want to sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I can't have any coffee after three. <laughs> Give me a decaf. No. Oh. Uh, so signature. <laughs> signature. It focuses on the. We wanted to bring out the caramelization phase yeah, of the roaster, right. um, the chocolatey, caramelly undertones, and I think Jesse did that really well with that signature roast. And then Ponto, um, there's actually a fun story about Ponto, but our farmer, he has a 90-year-old village roaster who has uh, rigged a roaster from a bicycle wheel and a pulley and a barrel over an open flame. We're still trying to talk Jess into that. <laughs> that would fit. Anywhere. And so he would... We've got the iron workers next door. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he uh, would send us coffee, he would go to her and say, I want it roasted to the point. Um, because in Brazil, they drink much darker coffee than, than even on the east side of <laughs> Seattle. Um, and so the the Ponto would be kind of a medium dark roast in Brazil. So he would say Ponto, Ponto, which is to the point. And what mm-hmm. that means is when, um, when it finished roasting that you can see the oils coming mm-hmm. out, but not super dark. So that's where Ponto came from. Sort of an interesting side, side point there. Cause I, that's pretty much the case. As far as I'm aware in pretty much every coffee producing area, any, like farming region of coffee, they're gonna, they're gonna roast it really dark. Uh, and I imagine that's because that they usually end up with the leftovers. Well, and I, I can, ex- I experienced that at home. We sell all the good stuff. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're making the stuff all you right. picked out. <laughs> <laughs> Roasting yourself. Val's <laughs> like, no, you're not drinking that. You drink the stuff you pulled out of there. Get, go get your bicycle out of the garage. <laughs> I think but, you're uh, totally right, yep. yeah. I was going to ask, so of the three today on the cupping, which which was uh, y'all's favorite? 
I, you know, I tend to, what's interesting is I started, we, we used to get big bags. It wasn't the Ponto, but it was, it was the, the Ponto that was roasted in Brazil was how we got sucked into this coffee. Cause that's what we got for two years while Juliana was living with us. And so I started there and I loved that. And I still like, it's good if you want a dessert coffee and you want some cream or sugar. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I've gradually shifted toward, I really like the Medio and out toward the lighter roasts. I really liked that one today. That was, yeah. There was something about that. I didn't think, it, I've, especially as it cooled, I was like, this is not a Brazil. I mean, I haven't had too many <laughs> single origin Brazils, but it's not what you variety. expect out of right. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but that, uh, yeah, that was really good. I, like I have to say, I think my favorite is the signature. I <laughs> I just think that hits the sweet spot for me between the, the light and the dark. I just, I, I really can appreciate the, the chocolatey undertones and that's what I like. <laughs> Um, you guys? I've always been a fan of the Medio, just the lighter coffees, and it was really, really good showing today on the cupping table. But I have to say, just for taking the cake, I was really surprised at how quality the Ponto was. It, it was well, I wasn't surprised how quality it was. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he picked it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's totally the wrong word to use. Um, I was really surprised that it had so much clarity and so much depth of really solid, unique flavors that you could pick out, yeah. and it was. Um, I'll piggyback on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just I was expecting to not enjoy it. Right. And I actually almost enjoyed it more than the signature. I think like it had more just really great dark roasted flavors on there. Um, mm-hmm. I was happy with it. So as far as surprising me and, and something that I wouldn't have expected, I would say the Ponto is my favorite today. Interesting. I would have never heard. I would uh, have I thought I heard you. I, know, I can't <laughs> imagine him saying that. Yeah. Either. <laughs> I, um, I, I definitely like the Medio. Um, Medio had nice, it reminded me of like rice and milk and sugar. It, it yeah. had this kind of cereal, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of peanut flavor. That's especially what we when to I was be, doing, the, but the cereal of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really what I, I really wanted it, some Saturday morning cereals. cartoons. <laughs> I needed I picked up some, uh, some like uh, mild vanilla. In okay. There. That was yeah. really mm-hmm. pleasant to me. Yeah. By the time you get into the signature, you start getting um, like the bittersweet cocoa. You know, you start getting that where it works really well with the milk and then it starts to build into the Ponto where the milks and the sugars, it, it, as you're adding them, they really blend well together. Yeah. Um, but I think the Medio, I, I dialed it in as an espresso. Um, I tried it this morning before Jesse Guy, you know, he was out running the errands, not before Jesse Guy here, but when Jesse was working, I was yep. playing with your coffee. And, John um, never gets here you know, yeah, No, never, never. I don't get here first. Um, sometimes I leave last, but I don't get here first. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the whole spectrum is great. I mean, I think personally, if I was just going to have a cup of coffee, the Medio is just it works really well for me. Um, and then today, of course, you guys had a great showing on the table. I mean, and again, I just to any better. express the excitement of as a roaster, the, the fact that you would have three different roast profiles. Um, and on paper, they don't look much different. I mean, really, it's you're looking at just a few, you know, 10 percent less gas here, 10 percent more gas here, or slightly different time. And. And the fact that they're so different on the on the table, and they all have very different flavors. I mean, you could easily pick out mm-hmm. the unique oh, for sure. characteristics mm-hmm. of each one of those, and they're different words. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's fascinating to me. And, mm-hmm. What I found really interesting at our tasting down at the nursery over Christmas is that people who, first of all, there was no favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold equally each nice. one, which is awesome. Um, but people who came in and traditionally had like a very dark roast ended up buying the medio or vice versa. So right. it's, yeah, it's really interesting. It just, mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Um, so you guys don't have a website yet? Or no, you, we do you, have you a do website. have one now. Okay. It's just not. Um, it's questcoffeecompany.com. Quest Coffee Company. Yeah. It's just slow. It's just slow, and it's um, it's. It needs a little bit of work, but 60 days and we'll have the new one up and running. Check it out. Their, their logos are absolutely gorgeous. Their bags are enviable. And I mean, they're right up there with all the other really nice bags that we see in the coffee industry. Are you on the social medias? We have a Facebook page. Okay. And as soon as uh, we get our new website, we um, we will start integrating all the other cool. social media. Uh, if can people want to contact you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go can ahead. I tell a really quick story about our, our logo? Yeah. So we have three girls, El, Anna, and Eve, and we hired an artist who's living in Australia uh, to reimagine them as young adults. And she put them in 1920s Art Deco style clothing. And the reason for that is because we have four generations of girls in my family, dating back to my grandma. Um, and I have so many cool pictures of my grandma with her two sisters. Um, sporting their their best uh fashions for the <laughs> for the time period and so that's kind of where that very cool all came from yeah so matt no boys in the family just you huh just me well if you need a place to come we have a know, cat come over here yeah, yep. yeah. Come yeah. Beers, you know barbecue <laughs> coffee to sort <laughs> no oh yeah um so if people want to contact you uh then go to the website or facebook or email yeah, or, absolutely. Um, founders at questcoffeecompany.com. Okay, cool. I'll also put this stuff in the show notes. We have a phone number, too. Uh, um, yeah, so did you want to say uh, something? Yeah, and, and people can contact you if, if they look to just support you in your adventure. Uh, minus just buying coffee. I mean, obviously, if a cafe wants your coffee, you'd be yeah, happy absolutely. to support that. But if somebody's interested in more of your... Um, the side of, of funding the farm and, and helping out with that. Are you looking for people to Absolutely. to talk to about sponsorship or yes. traveling over there and helping? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're actually hoping to start um, a founders club, not, too far from now, which will help us really get our uh, medical funds going for the, for the harvesters. Um, and that would basically be um, donations made uh, to help the, the, the harvesters. The farmer. That's very cool. Yeah. You guys have beautiful pictures on your Facebook page. Thank you. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Very nice. So yeah, we, if you're listening, go check out the Facebook page. Yeah. If you're listening. If you're not listening, you're not gonna hear me say <laughs> Well they're not listening now. No, you don't know. Yeah. We invite everyone who's listening. not listening to go to our Facebook yeah, there That's you right. Go. Definitely. If you are listening, and tell your friends to listen. We also have some cool blog postings because that's another thing that we really try to do is um connect our customers to the farm throughout the year mm -hmm. so there are pictures of the beans on the trees in february in march in april mm -hmm. um, when they bloom when they're harvested we have pictures of the harvesters um, they have we have pictures of them drying on the patio um, and then there's a really cool blog that i did um, very recently when agino was he's our farmer um, when he was putting the two tons of beans into the back of the truck that was going to take up to the airport and he someone took a picture and there was a little boy who was just looking at him and there was a very proud man Agino, just feeling so proud about all the work that he had put in mm -hmm. to do this direct trade um, and then this little boy just looking at him like I never I'd see the day. <laughs> and then we have, a, right under that, we have a picture of my daughter um, welcoming the bags to <laughs> And it was just really cool. Um, 
So yeah, that was a really neat one. So you'll be introducing your, your daughter to his son? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Never. Like when a, she like turns a 30. Father. Like, yeah. Right. Well, that yeah. was great. Uh, it's, all right, yeah. yeah it's wonderful um, to talk to you guys about this. So yeah, uh, website, questconfidentcompany.com. Um, check out the show notes, email. Uh, it's in there as well to contact them about funding. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, One of the things we say, we, we, we envision being the approachable coffee company. Any questions, you call us. We you know, walk you through making a cup of cup of coffee. Coffee truly is a partnership from the people putting the seeds in the ground to brewing at home. Brewing at home so. <laughs> so there you go. Awesome. Uh, love to hear from you about your thoughts on the show. Um, coffee Lovers Mag at gmail.com I'm actually gonna I'm just gonna set up stuff for the radio show soon website social media yada yada you wanna do an awkward ending don't you that was it no not yet cause I have to say <laughs> if you enjoyed the show please 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 rate it on iTunes uh, rate and if you didn't the enjoy the show uh, you're not listening at this point <laughs> you gave up on it go. 20 minutes ago you are <laughs> You went to watch a cootie pie on YouTube. Okay. There's our awkward ending. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Ciao, da. Ciao.